flighted soon. And for that reason, I really want, without a waste of time, uh, understanding that uh, there are also uh, other uh, programs of parliament that would need parliament uh, uh, members uh, to join in. Um, <laughs> Honourable members, uh, we are indeed meeting at a time uh, when the country uh, is still experiencing challenges uh, in the province of KwaZulu-Natal. Our hearts and prayers go uh, to families across uh, their people, their loved ones, uh, as well as uh, uh, those uh, who may have lost homes uh, or connectivity with uh, other people in the provinces as a of damages in the infrastructure. Uh, of course, more devastating to those that may have experienced the same in the floods in April. I think as a country and the people who should uh, keep uh, them in our prayers. Uh, of course, honorable members would we'll just deal with the formalities uh, uh, just to ensure that our meeting indeed runs smoothly. Uh, it's important to remind ourselves of the rules of engagement as adopted by parliament, as all uh, committees of parliament are subject to the same rules. That on virtual platforms, let's remember at all times that we keep our mics uh, uh, muted, our video cameras uh, off uh, until at a time when you are recognized by the chair and you are to speak. Once recognized by the chairperson, you then unmute your mic, switch all your video uh, camera uh, so that those that are following discussions could uh, easily identify with the speaker that would be on the platform. But of course, in a situation where there are connectivity challenges experienced, please do indicate to the chair uh, so that you are able to switch off your video camera so as to maximize your, your bandwidth and that uh, we are able to hear you uh, on the platform and that we can proceed smoothly. Honorable members, in case of point of uh, orders, uh, the same rules would apply that you would raise your hand, you would not unmute your mic unless you are recognized by the chairperson, and that score will be able to unmute your mic and your video camera and raise the point of order, uh, which uh, the chair could also rule on. Uh, we are also advised not to raise unnecessary point of orders that can lead to the collapse of the meeting on this platform. In situations where we lose connectivity and, and members or participants on the platform are reconnecting, ensure at all times that as you reconnect, uh, your mic is uh, muted, your video camera off, uh, so as to avoid a situation where mics pick up uh, background sounds that may distract uh, the speaker that may be on the platform. Uh, the same would apply. Uh, 
Mera that is on, which may uh, take the attention of uh, the meeting away from the speaker that's on the platform. So let's just make sure uh, we keep that decorum so that the meeting is able to run smoothly, uh, honorable members. As I said, uh, this meeting is now officially uh, opened, as indicated, we do have a quorum. But uh, for completeness of uh, our formalities, let's uh, get the formal apologies that may have been submitted uh, to the committee, or if members may have uh, forgotten those, uh, that there will be an opportunity to raise those for record of the meeting. <laughs> so I will just check with the committee support, Angela, uh, if there are apologies received. Morning, Chairperson. We have an apology from Mr. Baker. Thank you. Yes, uh, Honorable. Kubega, uh, who I'm um, to understand uh, due to ill health, uh, but I've tried to check that there has not been a change uh, on the standing apology of Honorable Majorzi uh, from the IFP uh, uh, given the maternity leave uh, that uh, she indicated to the committee at the time. Uh, I also see that uh, Honorable Bolani. Uh, you plan to raise an apology uh, that we have not recorded. Good morning, Chairperson. Good morning, colleagues. Chairperson, I'm just following up with Honorable Malachi in terms of these whereabouts. I will report accordingly during the meeting. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable uh, Mr. Malachi is joining. He's joined. He's joining now. Okay. Thank you, uh, Ajura. Uh, and thank you, Honorable Botani. Uh, if uh, there's any other apology I may have left, I think we'll get an indication so that we place that uh, on record. Uh, we'll now flight the agenda uh, so that we just direct on how we are going to approach uh, the meeting. Uh, we would look at uh, the three items, uh, one being the briefing by the Department on Progress on Implementation of Digital Migration, uh, BGM Policy. Uh, of course, uh, would do, uh, as we usually do, uh, give the Ministry the opportunity uh, to do an overview, which also gives space uh, for the Ministry to take us uh, confidence on matters that are of public interest and how they are dealing with those in the interest of South Africans. Um, and, uh, and after I get to the actual presentation, of course, I take into account that members would have gone through uh, the presentation and, and therefore after the Minister would have spoken, will start counting the time that will give them maximum 20 minutes uh, on the presentation itself. And, and thereafter, would uh, take members uh, who would want to make inputs uh, in response to the presentation. We'll then uh, take uh, the second item, which is more of a referral on the public report. Uh, uh, protect our report uh, 
114 of 2021-2022. In this instance, we'll get a brief uh, uh, presentation from uh, the content advisor in terms of uh, the advice on how to take the metaphor, uh, which report has been circulated uh, to the members uh, and, and therefore take the adoption of uh, outstanding uh, minutes after members would have engaged uh, in response to uh, what the content advisor presents to, to the members. Uh, uh, after that uh, last item on minutes would uh, indeed close uh, the meeting accordingly. Uh, so that's uh, how we are going to approach it, honorable members. 20 minutes max on the presentation by the department. Uh, and I take it that from the side of the content advisor, uh, that will not be more than 10 minutes uh, on how to guide us in taking the report forward. Um, but of course, uh, as I said, we will start with the ministry uh, to take us into confidence and do a brief overview uh, on the BDM. Uh, I'm not sure if the minister has, okay, the minister has already uh, connected. So welcome, uh, once again, Honorable Minister and Deputy Minister. Uh, we'll be guided uh, by yourselves uh, from this point. I now recognize you uh, to address the committee and do an overview of what is before the committee. Uh, thank you, Honorable Minister. Over to you. Uh, thank you, uh, Chairperson, and good morning to yourself and to members of the portfolio committees and the, the other stakeholders who are on this platform as part of our public accountability. We're having this portfolio committee meeting after our very successful uh, budget vote debate. And we'd like to thank the committee for the continuous support that they continue to give us and the guidance that they provide to ourselves on the work that we've done. On the Friday, the 20, 20th of uh, May, we the, the appeal on, of ETV on the matter of broadcast digital migration was heard at the Constitutional Court. As a department, we were requested to update the numbers of what uh, the, in terms of the progress that we have achieved in, uh, in, in line with the connections or what is outstanding. And that submission is going to be done today. And for that reason, we didn't want to put in the in the slides an older number because we needed a number that will be the same number that we are uh, uh, submitting or same cut of date of submission as the one that we are submitting to the constitutional court this uh, by this uh, not yeah by the the 25th when is the 25th by the 25th uh, which is tomorrow so we then undertook as part of the work that we do uh, we do we continue to do the a reconciliation of the numbers and we, in terms of what has been installed and also the we've got what we call quality assurance will go around and test whether what is being installed and what has been installed is what we what the installers are claiming before we do payment so we've done that reconciliation so i will uh, the presentation submitted to you does not have the numbers so when i finish this i'll uh, briefly take members of the portfolio committees through the numbers that we're going to submit to the constitutional court. Unfortunately, the final reconciliations had was completed late last night, uh, last night yesterday. And you are aware of the situation that I was uh, fine. I found myself with. Chairperson, I indicated in my call to you 
that I'm not able to do certain things because of a family emergency that I had yesterday, which continued even uh, today. But that is it, may we are here. So we are presenting to the Concord the, the update on the numbers that have been done. Also, when we met the last time, there was an issue or around the, the post office and their position. We can uh, indicate to you that we've got the necessary approval from the post office to assist them with the with, 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 with the advance payments that has to be done for them so that they can be able to continue. I must also indicate that there's been a significant improvement on the implementation of the uh, of the of, of the strategy, uh, post office of tomorrow uh, strategy and plan, and also they've made submissions on us on the rollout of the first site for the digital hubs as we presented to this uh, portfolio committee. We continue to work with them on the other interventions around their uh, their trust center certificate, including the work on the that um, uh, we're doing with uh, through uh, Zetna on the uh, learners on the email addresses of learners and uh, websites of schools so that in which we're prioritizing now is it an estate cape in first implementations so that we can allow the learners in case that one not going to be able to be uh, in their classrooms to continue to learn from home. We're working with the Department of Basic Education on that. Those are the main highlights in terms of the work that, that we have been or that we have been doing. Uh, my internet is unstable. May I switch off the view to person? Yes, Minister, like we said, if there's that problem, you would. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you, Chair, for that permission. Let me just take you through to the, uh, to the numbers of the broadcast digital migration that we uh, that will be submitting to the Concord. And I must indicate that the problem that you've indicated uh, first, uh, uh, the, of the rains uh, that are continuing in KZN and in Eastern Cape, but also they are now countrywide. We know Limpopo is affected, but we're not worried about the numbers. It has had an impact that one in KZN and Eastern Cape, the houses that were uh, that had applied in terms of the both the 30 June deadline and the, uh, the uh, no, yeah, and the 30 of September deadline. Those those houses have been completely washed off, and we have done the reconciliation with the Department of Human Settlements in KZN, and, and some of them are washed off completely, and then some of them are partially uh, damaged. And with those houses we are referring to are houses that are NHBRC, uh, uh, what do you call it, recognized in terms of structures. Those are 12,000. But in terms of their, what you call informal settlements or shacks, that were completely washed away equally. Uh, in that, uh, so we have a problem that th those numbers where we are sitting, they're not recognized by NHBRC. So we are taking the human, Department of Human Settlements are recognizing those who have been registered and sheltered somewhere else to say your houses have been affected and, and removed. And also there are areas that remain inaccessible in KZN because of the bridges that have been washed away, the roads that are not in, that are impassable, and that is going to be worsened now. And that number is 18,000. So in total in KZN, we are going to be affected in terms of the floods of uh, April, we're going to be affected by 30,000. In the Eastern Cape, which also has the same problem, the, the human settlements in terms of what they have on their database. And what is good 
on this period is that ourselves and human settlement are working off the same database in terms of the people or uh, the persons that are affected or households that are affected. In Eastern Cape, we've got 3,000 houses that are predominantly mud houses that have been affected, but also the roads infrastructure have been washed away. There are areas that are also not reachable. We, we last week, the other week I went there in Tabakul and there was there was an area that has been cut off completely by the by 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 a uh, uh, by, by the rivers that are flooded or the bridges that have been washed away or that remain underwater. So that is the issue. And some of the roads have been washed away, the ones more especially in the hills. But the, the, what we are doing is that people are then opting to walk instead of driving. It slowed down our progress, but we are confident that we are going to complete them by end of the month. As we speak to you today, we have completed the provinces of Houghton. In Houghton, we've even started to do the implementation for the ones of September uh, 2030. And we have completed also the, the province of the Northern Cape, and, also, uh, and we are going to complete by end of this week the province of Limpopo, and next week we should be completed with the province of Malang, because the balances that we remain with in Limpopo, which remain with just over 3,000, and Malang, I think, we remain with just over 8,000. In terms of the numbers that are, uh, that are remaining in, in, in the east or in the that has to be installed. And Chairperson, I must indicate that there are people who are already saying we are, we are not going to finish the numbers, and it's not accurate. We are remaining with 259,249 for installations. And that number is big, it's, it's going to be the ones that we're going to use the remainder period. If you, if, and the stories that will not be able to install the 250,000 because we took, the department took a longer time uh, to install the 250,000 in previous periods of this uh, project. And if our record will show that we have installed more than 250,000 in a matter of months um, and we are capable of, of completing the numbers, as I've indicated, the, what, what our, completion, our completion rate. We are also, uh, at, uh, in terms of the plans that we have, and we are confident that the plan is being, it's going to be, it's not going to be delayed. We, are, we should finish the province of the Free State and the Western Cape in the first week of June, and, and then the province of the Northwest in the second week of June, and the Eastern Cape and KZN, by any other disruptions of rains, we should finish them on the third week of June. And we'll table the, the, these indications to the, uh, uh, to the Concord. The other challenge which we have uh, encountered across, because people have applied since 2012, 2013, and thereabouts, and there's been slow implementation. To date, we have found 13,528 households who we cannot find in, in, when we go to the addresses that have been registered because they've either moved, we have not verified whether they've passed away, but we couldn't find them. But also the phone numbers, some of them do not have phone numbers, or the phone numbers that they had registered have not been have not been uh, are not reachable or the sub the subscriber is not registered with the cell phone provider. So these are the these are the what we do in that instance. We uh, we publish the names and uh, with uh, without the ID numbers full, but with 
the date of birth to say we have come to your place, we didn't find you. Partner is that at their nearest post office, so that we can we are able to know that they have gone. If somebody will say this person is this, we indicate that we have tried to reach you with your phone number remaining with the last four digits of the number so that they can be able to trace because those we can't put an ID number of a person and the phone number of a person on, on, on a public plat, uh, platform but we do that in the, at the post offices so that they can then go and verify but we continue in areas where those people are found we then do installations that's why the numbers sometimes they go up and they go down we call those numbers we call them the, the returns so chairperson in brief that's what has happened and in brief that's what we the progress we have on the uh, digital migration the colleagues can take a presentation on the digital migration and then they then the second issue that you are dealing with chairperson is the issue of the public protector report as it reached us we directed it to the board of CETAN, but we noted that the, the report is uh, very old and the people that were mentioned in the report, majority of them had already left CETA. But secondly, the issues that the, 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 the concerns that have been raised by the public protector, majority of those concerns have been addressed completely and the retraining done and all the gaps that have come through were dealt with most so as some of them came through again in the Auditor General's report and those things have been, have been handled in that manner. Thank you, Chairperson. That's my introduction of the matters, and I took the opportunity to give. And I must indicate the numbers that I've indicated to yourself is the numbers as of the 22nd of May, 2022. Thank you. Well, Mr. The Department, uh, you died on the presentation, and like I said, maximum 20 minutes if there are matters that you would want to emphasize or otherwise less than 20 minutes will still be acceptable given the brief we have received. Thank you. Um, very good morning. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. A very good morning to all the honorable members on the platform. I would like to greet the Minister and the Deputy Minister, as well as then the representatives of our state-owned entities and all those on the platform. I'm going to ask if I could be assisted. Um, either Zaytan can be given the rights um, in terms of the presentation, Chair. Or I can be given the rights to present. Ajira, please sort that off. Um, Zayton will do the will flag the presentation. Thank you. Um, uh, 
Thank you very much. Um, that is the, the presentation. Um, as the Honourable Minister has indicated, Um, the the progress that we'd like to provide to the committee um, since our last engagement in February of um, this year, um, where we stood in terms of the installation um, just before the High Court um, ruling, we had the outstanding 507,251 households that needed to be migrated. Honourable members, these are then the households that had registered um, before the 31st of October. And the um, installation, as you indicated, are currently underway in all nine provinces in order to reach the target. Um, the department is making progress on the installations to then to meet the, uh, the high court um, ruling um, that we must make sure that we've migrated all those um, who have registered before the 31st of October. The minister has indicated um, the progress to date. Um, as in as far as then the, the, the installations that uh, or the set of boxes that have been distributed and the installation that is under progress. Um, honorable members would like to indicate that Houteng has reached the targeted um, um, targets um, for the installation. Um, Northern Cape is also completed. Um, we would have been ready to, to switch off um, Houteng um, but what we also noted is that we had earmarked it as then to switch the Brixton Tower as the last the last tower for us to switch off um, at the end of June. But we are ready then to switch off once we were being given then the go ahead um, by the SABC um, to switch off those that those that are ready. There are quite a number of um, sites across the country um, that we've made progress on and therefore that they'll await the instructions from the SABC. Um, the remaining installations um, to reach the target will then also be completed in the month of May, as the minister indicated, and also by, by June, we are, we are, our focus is on completing KZN, um, Western Cape as well as Eastern Cape. Next slide, please. Um, <clears throat> with regards to the analog switch off, um, as indicated, that the, the SABC sites, which were switched off during the period, um, it brings us to the total of 163 um, SABC analog transmitters um, that have been switched off. Um, we're also happy to indicate that ETV has only switched off five of the transmitters, but um, bringing then the total of the nine analogs um, transmitters that have been switched off. 39 um, SABC transmitters, as I indicated, they are ready to be switched off um, as the installation has reached the threshold and we would therefore await SABC's um, direction um, and mandate for us then to switch off. Namely, as indicated, we've got four in, in Kauteng. Um, we're still then going to leave out the last site um, for the final switch. In Western Cape, we've got 19 um, of our transmitters ready for analog and and Eastern Cape, we've got 10. KZN, we've got six. And that brings us then to a total of um, 39 um, sites. Next slide, please. 
With regards to our awareness campaign, we continue to ramp up our awareness. Um, we've it also increased this, um, coupled to with the national um, character. Um, stroller. Um, this is then the, the, the CG uh, messaging that is on all the analog receiving televisions across the country. Um, we've also have live reads on community radio stations across the country. Our public um, service messages um, continue being um, flighted on the SABC 1, 2 and 3 channels. And um, we've got our teams both from the department as well as from the USASA um, who are on the ground doing door to door. They're supporting um, the, the support team um, in the various post offices as well as then the Centec teams um, and the team of that are managing the team of installers across the country. The social media activations across all stakeholder platforms, they continue um, to, to increase then the awareness. Um, we've optimized this with digital ads as well as weekly messages. Um, we all use all the omni channels in terms of our social media. In the main, the one that is gaining much traction is on Twitter. It's the Twitter of um, pages of um, the department as well as that of government together with the SAPO, um, the post office um, Twitter page as well as USASA that have been quite active in as far as increasing awareness. Um, the other increased awareness drive that we've seen recently has been the call out by Centec for other installers to come and register and we've seen therefore an increase in terms of the number of installers. Um, the telcos um, continue to assist us on this campaign in as far as the SMS messages campaign. We've also tried to ensure that this is done in indigenous languages in order to ensure the reach. I also would like to give credit and appreciation to also the community leaders, provincial government departments, as well as the local government who have um, partnered with us to ensure that um, our awareness campaign um, increases. We really want to appreciate um, the councillors in various municipalities and districts across the country um, and in all nine provinces who have been part of this campaign. Um, the, our principals continue to take up the interviews um, in terms of on the radio as well as television. And this campaign, um, it continues then to, to give rise our main focus, um, honorable members, has been to reach um, the people on the ground. So we have been focusing extensively on your community radio as well as the community um, TVs um, across the country. Next slide. Um, also, I'd like to indicate that we've commenced with the issue of the spectrum restacking um, in the provinces that we have switched off, and we're happy that in all nine, in all of the five provinces, my apologies, in the five provinces, um, the spectrum has been um, um, restacked. The last two provinces um, of Mpumalanga and Bobo, um, this then was concluded in February and March, and therefore that means that this spectrum is now ready for use um, by ICASA. As you would know, um, honorable members, that was then also part of then the, the negotiations of the deal um, with regards to the auctioning of um, the, the spectrum. 
And therefore, this will ensure um, that the spectrum that is going to be assigned is for the future technologies and um, and in line with then the, the, the time frames that the regulator has indicated, which is then going to be for use as from the 1st of July um, this year. And this is in line with the outcomes of the spectrum auctioning. Um, Honourable Chair and Honourable Minister, I'd like to then conclude, and if then there are any questions, then the Department, together with our stakeholders and implementing parties, um, will be able to take up those questions. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Chief. Unless there's... Uh a point uh, the ministry wanted to come back to before I give honorable uh, members who would want to speak. Thank you, Chairperson. Also, just to indicate that we have not indicated the numbers that are with the Gauteng High Court said we must conclude by September 2022 to install in terms of our plan and the running rate that we're running at now, we're going to be able to conclude them by end of July, uh, but the rains, but uh, in terms of the plans, we are very confident that we should conclude everybody, including the ones of September by end of July, and that uh, all the calibrations we have done is to make sure that we conclude everybody who's applied then uh, in terms of the high court, uh, counting high court not, uh, ruling by end of September. The other thing that I want to indicate on this one is that if you recall, when we started, we, we started with a less, than, uh, less than 200 installers. Now we are sitting with uh, 987 installers and we continue to ramp up the installation, the installer capacity in the country through that. So that's why the, the numbers pick up as they stabilize, the, the, num the numbers continue to pick up. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Minister. I now invite uh, honorable members uh, who would want to speak uh, to raise their hands on uh, the platform. If you're struggling to do so, uh, please indicate. Uh, I see honorable Kumbu, send this up. Any other member that uh, may be leaving behind? The honorable Bolan will be second. Uh, let me take uh, those uh, two for now. Honorable Kumbu, you are now recognized uh, to speak. Honorable Kumbu. Honorable Kumbu. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Chair. Uh, good morning to the Minister and uh, the Deputy Minister and to everyone in the, in the meeting. And uh, firstly, I would like to appreciate the presentation made. Uh, Chair, I, I think for us is uh, just to continue encouraging and supporting the department uh, in making sure that they have <clears throat> made the deadlines of uh, analog switch off, despite uh, the, some challenges in, uh, in some parts of uh, by flood in some parts of of, of KZ and uh, uh, yeah, I think that's all what I want to say. And I thank you. 
Honorable Kumbu, uh, Honorable Pulani, are recognized. Uh, Chairperson. Good morning, Chairperson, Minister, the Deputy Minister, members of the committee, and fellow South Africans. Chairperson, I think one thing we do get from the minister this morning is that the minister is really quite an optimist. I think she is really one of those people that we need more of in this world that see that glass as half full as opposed to half empty. I think the floods in KZN and Eastern Cape are going to impact their rollout. I do understand that the minister is giving us figures in terms of houses that are approved by the HBRC in terms of them being proper structures, obviously an informal settlement. But equally, the presentation that we received this morning from the department did not highlight that. So I'm, I'm hoping the department is not going to treat it as a by the way and then come back to the committee and say, oh, but there was floods in Eastern Cape, there was floods in KZN. Because we all understand that when the court made the ruling, I do not believe that considerations of the weather and acts of nature as a matter of fact were considered. It was just a matter of this needs to be done. But there's intervening circumstances. And while, while I don't want to put a damper on things, but we really need to be realistic. The minister spoke about an earlier date. I, I'm not sure if I understood her to say if she would, that there would be people that would be, that, that, that would then be, covered by end of July as opposed to the end of September. Can she please, please clarify me on that? And I'm not sure, Chairperson, you can guide me. Are we still going to have a bite on the CITA report? Thank you, Chairperson. Or oh, last thing, Chairperson, I think the rollout of these uh, top boxes also begs the call for this portfolio committee to be on the ground doing doing oversight. We are relying again on third-hand information for us to see whether this is happening or not. And I do not believe that this was the spirit that oversight committees were created for. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable uh, um, I take it that uh, Achira, the there's no end that I'm leaving behind, so as to allow um, responses uh, at this point. Nothing on my side. Okay. Um, we we'll then allow uh, uh, the minister to guide how they are going to respond and respond accordingly. I can just confirm, Honorable Bolani, that uh, the part on the sitter is the next item, so still. Honorable Chairperson, am I still audible? Yes, please proceed, Minister. Honorable Chairperson? Yes, you are now audible. Please proceed, Minister. Thank you. I'd like to thank Honorable Gumbu for the words of encouragement and support. And I think Honorable Bordlani did not hear me and listen to me, and that's why she thinks we are being optimistic. We have indicated 33,000 households that were impacted by the floods of April this year have been affected, either because they've been washed away partially, washed away or because they are not accessible and the former settlements that have been washed away. So I don't know what is the optimism that she's talking about. We're talking reality, and we did not 
want to thumbsack the numbers. We, as we went in, we also worked with the Department of Human Settlements on the same numbers, and we checked the names because there's a list of names to say, is this person affected? We checked the names of the household and compared to the names of our applicants. So the numbers we're talking about of the 33,000 are not thumbsacked names. They are actual names in terms of the impact of the April disaster. As I presented, I indicated that we have not yet done an assessment, and that assessment, Chairperson, is also dependent on the work that is done by both the disaster management teams and also the the, the human settlements, because they are responsible, they are custodians of houses and where people uh, reside, and the municipalities that are affected. That in terms of these new floods that are taking place, and I indicated these new floods are not only taking place in KZN and Eastern Cape. The provinces of Limpopo are also affected. We just do not know to what extent. But with the Limpopo, the numbers that are remaining as we are sitting now is less than 3,000. So we don't think the impact will be significant. That's what we've explained. So there's no optimism on our part. There's reality on our part in terms of what that which has been impacted. And when we submit those numbers tomorrow to the constitutional court, we will then provide that level of detail, the granular of detail uh, that, that we do. And what we want to say is that if uh, with the numbers, remember the court had said we need to complete the ones who applied after the 31st of October 2021 to the 10th of March. And I must indicate 10th of March. Uh, that we should conclude them by September uh, 2022. Uh, 20, uh, and what I reported to clarify... That's, 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 all, that's all, Honorable Minister. May I just check, Honorable Malazzi, whether you want to be recognized to speak later, or is it to be recognized uh, to raise a point of order or anything? No, Chair, later. Let the Minister okay. conclude her, her response. It's a follow-up, so okay. it's for later. Yeah, it's oh. not to interrupt. Okay, so you are noted. So that, uh, I, I didn't understand why the hand was up. Proceed then, Minister. Thank you, Chairperson. And in terms of what we have reported is that we had the number that we needed to conclude, which is the 260,000-odd number that we needed to conclude by end of September. With the current run rate and the, the pace that we're installing, and by the, 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 uh, the, 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 the forces of nature, which we don't have control over, in terms of the work that is being done, we, we are confident that we'll, use the end, we'll complete those numbers by end of July. Of course, we'll, use, uh, we'll then use August to then do a cleanup of that number. But where we are sitting, we're confident that the numbers of September that we are instructed by the High Court should be concluded comfortably by end of July. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, um, Honorable Minister. Uh, I'm not sure if the, you are allowing additions, uh, if there are any. Uh, otherwise, I would uh, go back again to members to check if there are still uh, questions to to be asked uh, by members or further comments to be made by members. I, I had already recognized uh, Honorable Malati initially uh, to be the next speaker. Honorable Malati. 
Um, thanks, Chair. And can I just ask permission to not have my video? I've been struggling with connection this morning. Um, I just have a brief follow-up uh, based on the Minister's response. So in light of you know what she has um, anticipated with regards to the flood-affected areas, can she perhaps share with us the contingency plans that the department has made in response to those affected areas um, so that we can get a sense of you know, whether the department has already put measures in place on a contingency basis um, to in response to um, the, the floods that have happened. Thanks, Chair. Honorable, uh, I'm checking if Honorable Minister is still connected. I am still connected, Chair. Please proceed if you want to. Thank you, Chairperson, and thank you to Honorable Manazzi for that question. In terms of what, in terms of the installations now, where the where the areas are accessible by foot, we are continuing to use uh, people. Uh, the installers are traveling on foot. Uh, the, the distances, if the distances are reasonable, to go and connect. But in in for instance, where structures have been washed away or partially damaged where they're going to put replacements. What we are working with the Department of Human Settlements is that when they go in and uh, replace the structure, we then go with them to do the installation if that household had applied. Equally, when they, when they do the, the, the new uh, settlements and resettlements, their plan is to go with them when they, when they do that. And that will go with them irrespective of the time period that it is. If they complete the resettlements and they put in new infrastructure in November, we have put aside the set top boxes to go into those beneficiary households to support so that those people who are affected are then not disadvantaged. Is that it's just that even when the structures are partially damaged, because of the integrity of the structure, we cannot then continue with the installations because we may risk we use uh, what drills and so forth. We may risk collapsing the structure. So, but we, when the the necessary fixes and repairs and the necessary uh, uh, replacements have been done by human segments, we are we are working on that. We are also because in some of the areas the people were not applied we are also looking through what the, the database that the human settlements is sitting with to say can we get people to apply uh, for this uh, inter, uh, government support so that when they come back if they they were having analog televisions they could do what is good is that now with the with the prohibition of the sale and distribution of analog TVs if these households have to go to the market to buy new TV sets they are going to be buy digitally compliant new, new TV sets and we have also then we are also making it easier for people to recognize the digital um, uh, television sets or the, uh, uh, with, uh, with the work that both of us and DTC are doing by having the logo of the Go Digital on the TV sets and also the, the, the having, through Minister Patel, having the analog televisions who are still in the retail floors to be identified as such in terms of the work that this, the ministerial directive of uh, DTIC that has come through. So where we are sitting, we are confident that those, if those who have to buy TVs, new TV sets, 
because they, they'll have to buy their own TV sets, they, they'll get digital televisions. But if those who manage to preserve their old television sets, which are analog television sets, we are ready to install them at whatever time they will be replaced or their households or their houses will be replaced or they will be resettled to new, uh, to new places. We will be able to then install them with the, with the, with the decoders as they applied. We also, and I need to indicate this chapter said, we have not closed the, the application for support for the qualifying beneficiaries. So we are also working as part of the work we do to make sure that those who are affected by the flights, if they do not apply, we get them to apply for the assistance. And we'll, uh, when, we, when we are done and uh, with the reconciliations, we should be able to come through and say, what are the new numbers that have applied through this intervention? Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Minister. I take it that honorable members, uh, we we have clarity. Um, it's it's unless uh, there's still a member would want to clarify to be clarified further, so that we we can summarize and close on this uh, item. May I just check, uh, Ajara, if there is uh, any other member I may be leaving behind? Nothing on my side, Chair. I take it that, honorable members, um, we, we, we have come to the closure of the item and in closing the item, I want to just make the following so that uh, we are clear on what we have dealt with. <laughs> Firstly, is that uh, indeed the committee to appreciate the update that we have received uh, from the department. More importantly, a commitment to honor um, the decisions uh, of, of the court, uh, but also this uh, other commitment the minister would have made uh, that, of course, if there are also new applications, uh, they will still be taken uh, so that there's no South African that's uh, uh, left out who really qualifies. Uh, to be assisted by by government. I think more importantly is uh, an assurance uh, once again to avoid what we could have seen in the public uh, uh, domain, uh, the part about the SABC and the program itself, uh, that before a switch off is done, it's usually confirmed uh, by the SABC, giving assurance that uh, their viewers would not be uh, left uh, stranded in that regard. I think we should also appreciate that as uh, as the committee. Uh, but I also want to also emphasize this point, that in respecting the decisions uh, of the court, uh, of course, appreciating the contingency plans with regard to flood uh, uh, affected areas, uh, it may be important, uh, the minister and your team, uh, to also give comfort to the committee on how that fits to uh, the court process so that we also do not come at some point to discuss uh, that uh, there's been a, a contempt of court uh, because there's not been engagement in this regard. I think committee members like uh, Honorable uh, uh, but I know to have also raised this appreciation uh, that uh, the natural uh, disasters may have not been a consideration at the time, but the reality is that they're with us now um, and, and no 
no contingency plan could be 100% uh, proof that everything else would happen, especially if you are responding uh, to a natural disaster that may be really beyond uh, uh, your control and uh, your plans. Uh, so if, if you can also take that into account. Maybe the last point would really be that uh, the emphasis on the presentations uh, remains those that are subsidized. Uh, and we have to ensure uh, that those that are unsubsidized, they really also receive the same attention in terms of the message uh, uh, that must uh, go to them to highlight the matters that the minister has spoken to about how you recognize, but also how you were able to be able to uh, to get uh, an IDTV or, uh, so that people do not uh, get exposed to a situation where they may be dumping uh, somewhere of uh, uh, products that are no longer uh, needed. Uh, in the market uh, that looks uh, at going uh, really digital. So, so we just also need to uh, turn up the message uh, in that regard, especially as you get to uh, more of uh, uh, the metropolized uh, uh, provinces uh, where a lot of people may be actually falling in the unsubsidized market. Uh, that they are not uh, left behind uh, because uh, the focus is to get people to apply for subsidy. So, so, so we create that balance. Um, otherwise, we, we are really happy, uh, uh, Minister and your team, uh, that you are really uh, changing what could have been the narrative in the past years uh, or terms of office. Uh, and that the commitment we made in the sixth uh, parliament that will not be part of, of statistics um, of history, but uh, that will be recognized as having changed the situation uh, uh, for the better, that the country is able to fulfill its commitment of uh, uh, migrating from uh, analog. Um, so, so thanks for that. Uh, honorable members, without... Um, of waste of time. As I said, uh, the minister has already spoken briefly to the next item from the perspective of the department. We'll also allow the content advisor to briefly speak to the item on the public protector report as it relates to CETA. Uh, as I said, that won't be more than 10 minutes maximum. Uh, we'll then take up uh, the uh, comments uh, that members would want to make as far as that is concerned. Uh, Mr. Malika, I take it that uh, you are ready to uh, speak briefly to members. Uh, morning, Honorable Chair. Morning, uh, Honorable Members and our guests. I think I hope I'm audible and visible. I do have low system resources, so I'm not sure how that will go. But please do indicate if, uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm in audible. Uh, Chairperson, we received a letter from the uh, speaker, which was signed the uh, 10th May 2022. And in the main, um, it, it was a letter from the public protector, basically. And it was a complaint that was launched by an anonymous complainant. Uh, 
in uh, August 2018, and in the main, the complaint made allegations against uh, the former CEO, Dr. Sidimo Mohabi, and the former CETA board. Uh, the report uh, directs the Speaker of National Assembly uh, to first uh, take appropriate remedial action that the public protector is making as complicated in the Section 182 of the Constitution. Uh, includes that the minister, the authority, uh, the auditor general, uh, uh, the directorate of priority crime investigation, and the speaker of national assembly, um, uh, ensure that the report is tabled before the communications portfolio for deliberation uh, regarding, uh, firstly, the investigations concluded Oxford uh, investigations conducted into the allegations of financial misconduct committed by members of the accounting authority in terms of the treasury regulations, uh, instances of irregular and fruitless and wasteful expenditure that, that have been investigated to determine if disciplinary uh, steps to be taken against the liable officials and whether disciplinary actions uh, steps have been taken against of any officials who made or permitted irregular expenditure based on outcome of the investigations in terms of the PFMA. Uh, the, upon analysis of the complaint, uh, the following issues that are considered by the investi by, by, by the public protector to be investigated. Uh, then the, those are covered in, 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 in detail in section five of the report. But I, I just uh, picked out just those that I thought were quite critical. The first being that whether Dr. Siduma Mohabi, the former CEO relationship with uh, Mr. Tamin Smang, the managing director of CIPAL, influenced the appointment of CIPAL through a deviation process without the approval of the National Treasury, including the expansion of the scope of, of work of CIPAL, despite uh, national treasury not supporting expansion. And if so, such conduct was improper and amounted to maladministration as contemplated in uh, Section 6.4 of the Public Protector Act. And whether the CETA board failed to hold Dr. Setumo, the former CEO, accountable for irregular expenditure incurred relating to the various contracts. And if so, whether such conduct was improper and amounted to a maladministration as contemplated in the Public Protector Act. Uh, section six of the report, uh, Honorable Chair, covers the determination of the issues in relation to the evidence obtained and conclusions made with regard to the applicable law and, and prescripts. Uh, section seven covers all the findings in the main against Dr. Mohabe as well as the CETA board. Uh, the remedial actions, Honorable Chair, uh, are also spread throughout the, the various organs of state that I've mentioned, such as the Minister, uh, the Accounting Authority, the Auditor General, the Directorate of Priority of uh, Crime Investigations, as well as the Speaker again. And uh, in the main, the, for the Speaker, the, the remedial action uh, it dictates that the speaker should ensure that the report is tabled before the committee for deliberation regarding the investigations conducted into the allegations of financial misconduct committed by members of the accounting authority, 
in terms of treasury regulations. Uh, whether, whether there's instances of irregular and fruitless ex and wasteful expenditure that have been investigated to determine if disciplinary steps need to be taken against the officials and whether this, the disciplinary, disciplinary steps have been taken against any officials who made or permitted irregular expenditure based on the outcome of the investigation in terms of the PFMA. Uh, they, they, they make further recommendations, of course, like I said, to, to the other organs of the state. But I wanted to highlight a particular uh, a, a section, I think it's section nine of the report, which talks on the monitoring, and it talks to the accounting authority of CETA to submit an action plan to the public protector within 30 days from the date of this period of a plan on the implementation of the remedial action referred to in paragraph 8.2, which of course uh, mentioned a number of uh, remedial actions. Um, Chairperson, in a nutshell, that is the summary I wanted to give to the portfolio committee on the report. Uh, of course, considering that they did receive it and would have uh, looked at it in detail. Um, upon having read the report, Chairperson, I thought that it would be uh, advisable for the committee to consult with the legal services unit of the of the uh, of parliament just to sort of get a, a way forward because this is most probably an illegal matter and um, it, there would be implications of how oversight was conducted during that period uh, and so forth so i thought that it would be beyond the uh, the reach of, of my capacity to deal with uh, legal issues and as such, uh, if the committee can resolve then to that we take we forward this to the legal services of the of the of, the, of parliament, uh, with the hope that they'll come back and report to us uh, on the on, on their recommendations, and then we can resolve on the way forward. I thank you, Chair. Uh, <clears throat> thank you, Mr. Malika, content advisor. Um, of course, as I would be uh, taking up, uh, those members may want uh, clarities, uh, would of course uh, also put a proposal on how we can balance our engagement uh, and the proposal that is being put uh, on the table. Um, <clears throat> Honourable members, just uh, on, the, on the previous item, uh, because then the matter is raised yeah, uh, to link to the point raised earlier. Uh, it may be something I would want uh, yourselves, in particular the content advisor, uh, to work on. <clears throat> There's been a suggestion uh, that would have made before, and it's been made again uh, today, uh, that we also need to look at our own physical oversight in some of the... Uh, uh, these projects that we run, uh, which includes uh, uh, the entities that run uh, such projects. So, so that's uh, uh, one of those we, we I, have, I would have left mistakenly on the on the summer. So, as as you were presenting, I then remembered that uh, this point would need to go on record, <clears throat> so that in the next meeting you can indicate to us. Uh, a proposal which uh, may have been submitted for consideration by those uh, that uh, need to give approval 
of course, taking into account uh, uh, the intensity of the parliament's program. Uh, but we really do need uh, to get going uh, as it relates to physical uh, oversight. So that when we say indeed the timelines have been met and so on, we, we can also say we had a touch and feel of what uh, is on the ground, <clears throat> but also fulfill what we ask as the question all the time as to the impact uh, from a point of uh, socioeconomic um, uh, impact on the ground of the programs that we do. Uh, so, so I just thought it's important that we, we come back to that and place it on record. So, honorable members, we are now uh, back in, on the public protector report. We have uh, heard the presentations. I'll just check if there are members who would want uh, to comment or speak uh, on the matter. Uh, I see Honorable uh, I see Honorable Bolani's hand is up. You'll assist me uh, committee support actually uh, Porsche if uh, there are members I may not see. But in the meantime, Honorable Bolani, please proceed. Chairperson, Chairperson, uh, I do take the advice of the content advisor for this report to be taken for legal. I think it would really help us. I think comments from my side is that there should really be an appreciation for whistleblowers. And as a country, we should really be deliberate about protecting those whistleblowers. We, it's, it's easy to, to just dismiss this report, especially given the accolades that were given on the former Mr. Dr. Situmo. It's really easy to dismiss this as anything else, uh, but it is not because the private, the, the public protector has ruled otherwise on this issue at Dr. Mohabi. That said, Chairperson, the advice from the legal from legal must also tell us what the 30 day is because the public protector says there must be remedial action within the 30 days and the report is dated 0303 so it was in March so I'm not sure where the 30 days fall up uh, and so please clarify on that and Chairperson mine is to say that this report must really be used as a lesson so that we as a department as the portfolio committee we are not reactive but we are proactive because unfortunately what is being highlighted in this report is not unique to CETA it is something that does happen across all the departments across all the entities so this must really be used as a, a tool for us to say how do we provide oversight because when somebody comes and when you read about Dr. Situmumohabi he is a great leader but it's easy for these sort of things to fall through the tracks when somebody is seen as somebody who turned around entities so we really should take this uh, seriously and also we have people that are being paid by taxpayers money as members of the board the report has it really 
shows how there was a dereliction of duty on the members of the CETA board. And this is but one aspect of the, the, the things that they needed to deal with. And, and I'm not implying that there is more, but nothing says that, that there is not more at all, at all. So there should really be a deliberate attempt on our part to really get to the root of this and ensure that really CETA is compliant and not just focusing on CETA, but using this as a best practice across all entities. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Bultani. Uh, just check if uh, I believe in any member. Uh, if, if not, uh, uh, that Honorable uh, Kumbo, Yes, Chair. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. No, I, <clears throat> I also want to, to support the proposal that uh, the report be sent to the Parliament Legal Advisor so that we can take it from there, Chair. Uh, thank you. Thank you, um, Honorable uh, uh, Kumbu. Uh, I, I take it that there's uh, indeed agreement that there are certain matters that need to be clarified by legal, which includes uh, uh, the, these timelines, um, given the time it has been fed to us as the committee, and that we also acted uh, upon, uh, so that uh, if indeed there may be issues about uh, what that days mean and and where we are uh, would also in a way be able to uh, get back um, and clarify uh, that we are indeed handling the matter and uh, at the speed at which we have reacted uh, once the matter has been referred to uh, the committee uh, as per the remedial uh, actions. Uh, so, so that's the legal side of things. But uh, for us to deal with the report comprehensively, uh, it's also to to get a sense, especially from uh, the side of the entity itself, uh, the entity oversight of uh, the department on the action plans that they would have put in. More, more importantly, a commitment on preventative measures. Uh, that this would not uh, uh, reoccur as as we go forward, because then it, it addresses uh, also the the AG reports uh, that would have been received uh, thus far. We do that without uh, really saying we do not appreciate that uh, in terms of the committee reports, uh, it can be demonstrated that uh, the committee did reflect on where CETA was and where CETA is uh, uh, today, uh, including some of uh, the measures that they've introduced to ensure uh, transparency uh, on uh, procurement processes, uh, which would have said uh, it's something that we need to look at as the state, uh, right from advert until adjudication that South Africans can follow 
uh, on how those that make decisions would have arrived at such decisions. And that when uh, you could not get what you thought you'd get, you will be understanding the reasons on why the entity or whatever would have not been considered in that process, uh, uh, what is said to be automation uh, of systems of, of procurement. Uh, so, so I just thought it's important uh, so that we discuss or look at this report in context uh, because the committee has been doing oversight to try and uh, turn uh, the situation at CETA and the executive authority has also made interventions including putting CETA under administration um, and the improvements on performance and so on are things we have recognised as the committee uh, so, so that the report itself does not uh, make us not to appreciate the work collectively we have done thus far. So, so I thought it's important so that the report uh, that comes is quite uh, a comprehensive. CETA should prepare uh, a report on how they've responded uh, because from the report, the last interaction would have been uh, in January 2022. 20, uh, so that, that's, that's not too, too long a time. Uh, surely uh, all those plans and how they've been implemented should be readily available for members to to consider uh, so that we also know if there are matters referred to uh, the other organs, uh, uh, maybe for criminal investigation and, and so on, uh, and that we can uh, report back uh, uh, to the House, uh, to the Speaker, uh, that we have been able to respect uh, that office uh, in the work it does. Um, so so if there are no further matters, uh, honorable members, uh, that will really be the summary uh, and that the content advisor would work at uh, this and be able to indicate when we can we get uh, this report, of course, taking into account the clarity on the 30 days. Um, with that having been said, uh, we will then get to the next item, which is just the approval of minutes. In this regard, I want to thank the ministry, the department, um, and the entities that have joined the meeting, that in case you want to be released and deliver on the set of boxes uh, and make sure that you migrate people, uh, please, uh, you will be released to do so. Um, and that the committee members will proceed to finalize. Uh, we really thank you. Um, thank you, Mr. Uh, can we get uh, the minutes uh, flighted? Minutes of the 10th, May. So those are the minutes uh, of um, 
the tenth, can I get uh, a mover and a seconder? Chair, I move adoption of the minutes. Thank you. Madam Chamber moves. Can I get a seconder? A second, Chair. Madam seconds. Uh, May I just check if there's an objection in us adopting minutes? No objection, so the minutes are agreed. Uh, that would have been the, the last item, isn't it, Jura? That's correct, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, um, honorable members, for really making time. We would indeed, uh, on your behalf, make follow ups on what would have resolved. Um, as the committee, uh, in as far as uh, the BDM, uh, in particular the part about the oversight, uh, as well as uh, this report, in as far as the legal and coordination of uh, the reports uh, from um, the different role players. Uh, with that, the meeting stays adjourned until we meet again. Please do join uh, many plenaries. Uh, uh, there's still time. Uh, thank you, honorable members. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Chair. Recording stopped. <laughs>